we always believe things that are true because they're based on our experiences and our perception of those experiences. They're not necessarily true. They just support some of our values. Hello and welcome to Hitting the Wall podcast with me, your host, Ash Taylor. I'm joined today by the wonderful Ian Thomas. How are you, Ian? I'm very good. Thank you very much, Ashley. Excellent. Excellent. So, Ian, do you want to just um, uh, let people know uh, what, what, what it is you do and how you, how you help people? What's the change you're making in the world? As I, as I like to put it? Okay, so I spent many years in corporate life, um, reaching director level. Um, and probably about 25 years ago, I started retraining. Uh, I retrained in uh, psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, counselling, NLP, coaching and things like that um, because I wanted to come out of corporate life and work for myself as probably a lot of people on your podcasts and and, uh, website also wanted to do and I trained for about five years before I decided I was going to quit and start again and initially it was about one-to-one work working with individuals and helping them through all of their difficulties and mental challenges. Um, But I also went back into corporate life to help train managers to be managers because one of the biggest things I realized was that um, people often become managers because they're good at a job, not necessarily because they're good at managing people. There's a big difference. And most managers mirror what they've experienced and that's not always the best thing. So, I have two hats, the the one-to-one and corporate training. And that's where I am at today. I've been doing it for, say, probably about 20, 25 years and uh, enjoy every moment of it because it's about seeing people grow. Brilliant. And I I love that because that you and I have very similar values in that respect, that we're both really interested in seeing how people improve and better themselves. And, and, you know, your word growth is, is a really valid one. So uh, you're speaking at our um, May workshop, which is all around, you know, Mindset May is our theme. And, um, you, you know, you're, you're going to be talking about uh, setting a true value for your product or service, letting go of limiting beliefs, um, uh, quietening the inner critic, but also how to deal with imposter syndrome and self-doubt. And that that's something that... Um, came up yesterday in a, in a mastermind meeting that we were running uh, this this principle of uh, you, the, the question that came up was you know how do I increase my prices fun, fundamentally and actually it wasn't about how do I increase my prices it was about how, how do I increase my um, perception of self-worth so that I can position myself at greater value in front of my prospects so what, what I thought would be really useful today, because th- this is also going out in um, during Mental Health Week, and, and part of the reason for doing these podcasts is hopefully to get um, give people the opportunity to have a little think about where they are in terms of their uh, mental health uh, and, and perhaps work on it and improve it a little bit this week, because you know there's going to be a lot of publicity uh, around it. And if we can do our little bit, that would be great. So... 
you're, you're going to talk about a number of things in the workshop, but let, let's dig into this, um, the imposter syndrome and self-doubt piece a, a little bit, because I think when it comes to pricing and valuing yourself, the, the kind of principle of self-doubt, especially, which leads to imposter syndrome, tell me if I'm wrong, um, happy to be you know, told I'm wrong, um, is, is something I, I believe everybody struggles with. Definitely, definitely. Um, as I said, 25 years ago when I started and have to position myself, I knew what um, people were charging for an hourly basis. And you, you know, you're basically selling your time. So you have to be quite realistic about it. And even though I'd spent five years training and I was fully qualified, you still can't help to believe you're not worthy. I don't deserve to charge this. And you start out on that route where you think, oh, I better you know, charge less because you know, I'm not fully qualified. I don't have those, those, those um, experience. And the trouble is that sticks because that becomes your belief. And I'm going to be talking about limiting beliefs because they're the things that hold us back. Um, we always believe things that are true because they're based on our experiences and our perception of those experiences. They're not necessarily true. They just support some of our values. Um, I always cite the, the, the common thing is that we believe that man has landed on the moon. And everyone believes that. And that was in the 1960s. And, you know, CGI wasn't as good then. And I'm not saying it is a conspiracy theory, but we tend to believe it because that's what we've been fed. And those beliefs then don't allow us to have an alternative view. So it's about sometimes having to shape those old beliefs so you can actually install new beliefs and deal with things like the imposter syndrome. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I, I'm not... Um, capable of charging those sort of things so that's what I want to theme my talk around and it's about flipping it on its head and doing it a different way and we all have those inner voices those inner critics sometimes they call it the the chimp syndrome and things like that yeah and it's about how to you know quieten it down so that it actually doesn't get in front of you and get in front of your your um, going forwards so if, if you, you know, people listening to this today and, you know, we're, we're in the first week of May, we're kind of um, coming out of lockdown, people are slowly starting to sort of, um, you know, step out into the world as normal. And, and I found myself last week on the dog walk and we met another couple um, with a dog. And I, and I found it really, really interesting because my focus was on the dog. I found it really easy to talk to this new dog and have a chat and all the rest of it. And But actually then talking to people who I didn't know, I suddenly realized I'd kind of regressed into this shy 11-year-old boy who wouldn't say boo to a goose. And um, and, I, and I think over the, I think inherently I'm quite shy and I've worked really hard on overcoming that and being able to speak on such stages and uh, you know as a tennis coach I have 400 kids you know across 12 courts and you know be the boss and all the rest of it and because I haven't practiced that I kind of feel like there's part of me that's regressed 
as I said, in, in back into that 11 year old. So that that's then sort of starting to perhaps allow some self doubt to creep in, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of my own confidence in, in approaching things. And I'm guessing that there's a part of me that might start feeling, if not already, that, oh, you know, I'm an imposter. Who am I to do this? Who am I to run this podcast and, and, and you know, give people an opinion? So how, how if other people are feeling this, because I can't imagine that I'm on my own here for a moment, what, what would you say are the, the ways to just start to maybe recognize and redress that? The easiest way is to actually listen to who that voice is, because most people actually believe it's their voice inside their head. And that's what you assume it is. That voice keeps going on and on and on and on. The reality is it's a voice from the past somewhere, somewhere where uh, you experience something and it may not have been intentional. Uh, However, it was said at a time that sunk into your brain. And that voice then keeps repeating itself. So you might hear it as yourself, but it's not. And at some point, because you've heard those things, something becomes a reality, you know, know, um, saying like a a child, oh, move those things out of the way because that child's clumsy and, you know, they'll knock it over. The kid knocks it over and says, oh, well, that's because I'm clumsy. So that becomes a new belief. Mm. And it's just something that then is always ingrained. So, yes, you know, your regression to that childhood is because at some point something happened and you believe that to be true. And as I said, that then becomes so inhibiting that you can't get past that because you keep listening to that inner critic. And it's about how to let that go. And we're all going to be, you know cautious because how can we not we've we've had a year of the government telling us to stay safe keep out of people's way distance yourself and you know there's a big bad ogre out there and people are going to be very very fearful of of stepping out and you know whatever is the new normal so it's going to be endemic yeah and i I think you're right there's there's an element that I think we've almost got to retrain ourselves to be social again, because you know that there's going to be some caution around that. You're right. So how 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 do you start to? Um, I mean, you, you know, you've talked about sort of uh, recognizing it um, and, and acknowledging that critic, but not necessarily giving it a platform to to speak from. I guess is what is what you're saying. Yeah. So. When, when you when you're aware you're so, so I'm if we use coming back to me as an example so I'm now aware that I, I'm you know potentially that 11 year old boy again and so when I go out and, and meet people again I'm conscious of it mm-hmm. so what's so what do I need to do I suppose to um, make sure I don't be that 11 year old boy and make sure that I, I I am the confident person that I have become if you like yes. And it is that that first thing is about becoming aware of that situation because we often deny it, um, we push it away. So once you acknowledge it, you can accept it. And once you can accept it, you can start to make the change. And that's purely what it's about. It's why I call the company Cognizant, it's about awareness. 
and so many people are not aware that it's happening. They're just going on automatic pilot again. Um, and that becomes a learned behavior. And so once you become aware, then you can start to make the shift. And, you know, as I said, your voice will always come in first. And, you know, because of your actions, you're just reinforcing that new behavior. So it's about breaking that state and then installing new learned behavior, which becomes the norm again, just like driving a car. When you first learn to drive, everything was difficult. Mirror signal maneuver. You don't think about it now. It's automatic pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's about how you retrain the negative patterns and reinstall the new patterns. But I'll get to that on the podcast. On the <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the workshop. Yeah. So it, it's interesting because um, my wife, Kay, and I, I don't think she'll mind me talking about this, but she she has she can't catch. You know, that, that, that is something that she has told herself. You know, no one in her family can catch. When she was at school, she couldn't catch. Um, and there, therefore, teachers told her she couldn't catch. Um, she started telling herself that she couldn't catch all. And, and last summer, um, Andy Murray did this 100 volley challenge. And, I, I, you know, some people might have seen it on social media. Well, basically, you, you needed to do uh, 100 volleys with a small racket and a ball or, or, or whatever you could. Um, just for a bit of fun and then post it on social media with the hashtag 100 volley challenge and you, you had players doing it with their wives you had players doing it with their coaches and then it kind of spread and coaches were doing it with their pupils and you know uh, and, and what started to happen is that people who could play tennis were finding people that couldn't and, and were doing it with them so I said to Kay well, we, sh we should we should do this and I just, well I can't, can't I can't catch I've never played tennis I've never played any sport I, ca I can't I can't you know um, my, you know, it was so reinforced. Now it took us about, I reckon, six goes until we got to a hundred, <laughs> because all I did was tell her that she can. Yes. Yeah, and, and I fed her obviously, and I and I made it as as easy as possible, and you know, did a lot of the running, <laughs> but but we we did get her to a rhythm, and we did get to a hundred, and um. As an aside, there's a, there's a great video of me floating around with a glass of wine in one hand and a racket in the other doing 100 with my neighbour, <laughs> but it, it, who also can't catch. No, he can't throw. He can't throw. But so that, that, that word can't be so powerful when it's something that's been told to us often enough and, and we therefore start to tell ourselves often enough. I, I just thought it'd be interesting to kind of maybe... Could you explain fundamentally, you know, what, what did I do to flip a can't into a, we did it? Yeah, and that, that's, again, it's about practicing because once you realise that you could catch it once, then there's a possibility you can catch it again. And so that repetition becomes a new installed behaviour. And once that new installed behaviour is there, that's the new belief, or it squashes the old one. Hmm. They can still come back occasionally, but it's just like, no, I don't want to listen to that one again. Yeah, and, and I think what was amazing is that, you know, so without giving age away or whatever, she's had, uh, you know, a few decades of, of, of believing she can't catch, and within about two, three hours, you know, we did 100 volleys, and she hit, she hit 50 of them, yes. you know? So it does show that actually you can, if you do the right work, put yourself in the right environment, spend time with the right people, 
um, tell yourself the right things, you can flip that conditioning in absolutely. a relatively short time. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to want to, because sometimes it's comfortable to stay where you are in that belief. So at some point, you pushing her to actually make that change made the difference. If she believed she couldn't catch, so why would I even attempt it? Only by then breaking that old belief and installing the new belief can it make the difference. She wouldn't want to do it because her comfort zone is, well, if I don't try, then I won't fail. Mm. And, you know, it's not about failing. It's about understanding that you can change those things. If you do it one way and you're not getting the result, change the way you do it and you'll get a different result. And I think it's interesting because I think innately we don't have that self-doubt. I don't think we're born with self-doubt. I don't think we're born with an imposter syndrome or an inner critic. And I always talk about a child or a a toddler learning to walk. The first time they fall over, they don't sit there, fold their arms, look at you and go, hey, dad, carry me for the rest of my life. You know, they they take the knock, they get up and they go again, don't they? And I think it's our interactions with other people that create these environments that put these barriers in place, don't they? Correct. the chimp i suppose yeah and it's it's like your analogy of the child if you've got an overprotective parent that always picks the child up because they've fallen over and crying they'll use that because that's a learned behavior of of comfort Mm. so why would they try to stand because they're getting a secondary gain from it and that's how it can be detrimental and and it's things from say our childhood that we've experienced and then taken a learning from that which may have been incorrect at the time yeah i always used to say kids when they fell over on the tennis court do you want me to call an ambulance or should we just get on with it (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah make light of it it's not it's not a big deal you know you'll fall over it's about the resilience to get back up again which is great yeah should should i go get an axe and take your leg off or should we just crack on you know and you just yeah that's good so okay so um I believe it's the 26th of May and you're going to be joining us for about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to, to and your title is how to stop selling yourself short. So do you want to just quickly run through the kind of outcomes that you, you're yeah. people to take away? As I said, when I started, I didn't know what I could charge or didn't have the value. And a lot of people experience that now. Um, they'll talk about things like the market value and, all of those things that prevent them giving themselves a true value. Uh, And again, that's a a fear factor of, you know, well, if I price myself too high, I'm not going to get clients. That's ridiculous. You know, there is a a range of different things that you can um, have. It's about valuing yourself so that people value your product and, you know, stop the negative part of it and flip it on its head. So I'm going to flip the the scenario because it's different when you're buying than it is when you're selling something. And so you'll have a different mentality. And once you get into that flip, you'll understand what your true value is. Uh, And then we start to work on the the things about the self-doubt and the the imposter, because they will be the things that then, you know, having the understanding that you can charge more is one thing, but then having the the self-doubt and the imposter syndrome get in the way of you actually taking action and i want at the end for people to take some action brilliant 
Brilliant. Well, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing you talk. I'm really excited that you're going to be able to join us on that day. Um, I'm really grateful that you've been able to share your time with us today as well. Uh, and I hope people listening have taken uh, something, even one little point from this, and it's made them think a little bit. And um, if you have and you'd like to, you know, hear Ian's full talk, um, the, the workshops on the 26th um, of May, 10 o'clock to one o'clock, we've got um, three fabulous speakers. Ian, Ian is, is one of them. Um, all the, you know, uh, joining um, instructions, if you'd, if you'd like to join us, will be in the show notes of this podcast and on our usual social media channels, uh, the businessclubhouse.co.uk, etc, etc. Thank you very much for listening and we will catch up with everybody on the next episode. Ian, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Hitting the Wall podcast with me, Ash Taylor. This podcast is produced by the Business Clubhouse. The Business Clubhouse is a great community of business owners who share ideas, challenge and support each other to run better businesses for themselves and their families. If you'd like to grow your business with the right people around you and with the right tools to help you, visit thebusinessclubhouse.co.uk where you can request a complimentary copy of the best-selling Hitting the Wall.